in the Artichoke Cafe again. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, Peter Damon to tell us all about the lineup for the Waterfront Blues Festival, Terry Robb, famed guitar slinger, and jazz bassist Dennis Kayaza. Today, I am very happy to welcome China Forbes of Pink Martini. But not only Pink Martini, she has a new album of her own in the works and will be singing with the Oregon Symphony on Saturday, May 6th. That's a lot to talk about. As I'm sure you know, China has been with Pink Martini since uh, circa 1997. It's something that's taken her all over the world. One thing I will ask is, has she ever gotten tired of singing Brazil? Let's welcome China Forbes. China, welcome to the Artichoke Music Cafe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. Very long. Yeah. Very, very long. I haven't seen you for maybe 18 years. Could be, mm-hmm. except in passing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, Lauder- maybe at a party. Lauderdale parties and <laughs> stuff, yeah. <laughs> right. those, the Christmas parties. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is he still having those? He has them now, but they're not the same. They're on Christmas Day. Oh. So I never get to go because I don't do parties on Christmas Day. Oh. I would always come out of that party with a story. Always, I bet always. there were everyone in town was there. Yeah, yeah. On every level of that building. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Those were really fun parties. They were fun, mm-hmm. and just and I got, I got great stories out of them too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> met a girlfriend there. I mean, that's why we oh, first met. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that's unusual. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I never met a boyfriend there, though. Well, okay. <laughs> So, um, how are things? Things are really good. Um, I'm sort of in the throes of preparing for my concert with the Oregon Symphony, which is on May 6th. Wow. And it's just me and the, and the symphony. Uh-huh. And every, I'm left to my own devices. Um, so, I have so many devices that it's like yeah. really hard to, to hone it. But um, I'm, I'm really excited about the program and... The most exciting thing ever is that it was such a huge amount of material and I was hiring people to orchestrate some of the songs. And then I decided to try orchestrating my own songs. Wow. And I've never had more fun in my life. Really? I feel like this is something I want to continue doing. Um, I want to learn how to really do it because I taught myself and uh-huh. I'm just like going with my my melodic instincts and uh-huh. textural rhythmic instincts. But yeah. I don't know you know the proper way to do anything so are you using songwriting software yeah right oh, yeah? but it's yeah. you know the kind that real people use <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make miracles but it makes it a lot easier oh, i understand i understand i have been making since the pandemic i have been making radio my radio kmhd radio show on audacity software which mm. is free yes and if it's free how good could it be right you know but still it would all it, it works it does work. I'm yeah. using a free one too called Muse Score. Uh-huh. And it, I didn't want to invest in Sibelius before I knew if I really was going to do this again. But now I, I'm ready to buy something wow. more than so Muse Score is really fun though. It's what great, is your process with that? I mean, how did, how did you learn it? Oh, God. I, when, sorry, whenever I didn't know how to do something, uh-huh. I just Googled it and huh. the answers pop up and it's like, why can't I add a second violin on this stave? You know, and they're like, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just decided to not worry that I wouldn't be able to do it and just do it anyway. Uh-huh. And um, 
I start, I mean, I, I'm always hearing w- with Pink Martini's orchestrations mm-hmm. things that I wish I could change and improve. And, uh-huh. and so I've been immersed in the standing in the midst of all of those musicians for so many years uh-huh. that I really started, my ears started to open up to uh-huh. other things I'd never uh-huh. listened for before. So it's just like I kept telling myself, it's just pitches and rhythms man like just keep going like you just add a rhythm here and a, another pitch there and it goes together and it's beautiful and now was this a, a function of the pandemic and not being able to gig no this was actually booked before by susan nielsen before she left the symphony uh-huh. she she i think i was her last um booking and it was supposed to happen in 2020 uh-huh. in may uh-huh. And then it was canceled, postponed till November, and then postponed again till indefinitely. And then finally they came up with this other date. I wanted it to yeah. be on a Saturday night so people could come from out of town. Uh-huh. And um, and so it's May 6th, and it's actually really happening. Are these your compositions? Many of them are, yeah. Really? They're either um, songs from my, my album that's coming out in September. Uh-huh. They're songs that I wrote for pink martini either with thomas or by myself Mm -hmm. um and there are then some some fun standards and some arias i'm doing a couple of opera arias really which ones i'm doing song to the moon from Uh rusalka Uh and i'm doing the flower duet from lakme with my voice teacher angela niederlow wow yeah Ah. it's gonna be quite and i'm having the choir from psu and Uh It's almost a Thomas Lauderdale production, but <laughs> is he involved? Fewer singers. But he's not involved. <laughs> no, I mean he's he's there if I need him, but so yeah. far he hasn't really been involved. Wow, how is that? That being that being no Thomas Lauderdale oh, involved. Well, it's it's kind of it's nice because I felt like, you know, there's there's a certain degree of of the crutch. Yeah. of someone else who's kind yeah. of deciding everything. Uh-huh. And you're like, all right, I just show up and sing. I write songs. I uh-huh. sing. I have an, some input, but ultimately it's his decision. Yeah. And I am I feel like I'm more of a leader than that, so it's been uh-huh. frustrating to not have any uh-huh. real say. Uh-huh. Um, and so this is, like, this is my chance to decide everything, and I've, I've learned that I am indeed very decisive. That's great. And I'm able to come up with, you know, material. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I can actually but you've probably always pull it up. I've always written, no, but just like make a set, you know, yeah. an overall set list for yeah. a two and a half hour show just with yeah. me singing all the songs. You know, uh-huh. I don't get to do that in Pink Martini anymore. So uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. it's going to be a lot of singing and playing. I'm playing the piano. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that's, I've been playing the piano with orchestras over the past almost two years because I released a song called Full Circle. Yes. And it was orchestrated for my prior 2020 concert. So Uh when we went back on the road and played with orchestras, we would always play it. Mm -hmm. And I got to play the piano and like I've been getting used to doing that. So it's, it's pretty exciting. That'll be part of the album? That's the title track of the album. Whoa. Mm -hmm. That's a great song. Thank you. It's on YouTube. It is. Yeah. There's a video for it and everything. Yeah. 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 Along with the song for for Derek Reith. I know. Yes. Rise. Know. We, you know, <laughs> all, it's all this time and still. It's all, I know. If you if you pause to really think about it, it's, yeah. it's yeah. always shocking. It is. It is. It really is. Uh, he was part of one of the great moments in in 
that I, I've ever witnessed in, 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 uh, in Portland music. Was I, was doing a, I was doing a TV story on March 4th, mm-hmm. and um, we shot around town, you know, parade up Alberta, and then they went before the, the armory. Was, it was still the armory and not the theater downtown, mm-hmm. right? And it was all gutted out, and they were having a fundraiser, and they had March 4th. And then we, it comes to find out that, um, Mar- that the lines of Batucada were just up the street at the Crystal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, uh, March 4th decides, okay. So they march out on the sidewalk, unfortunately, because it, it couldn't be the good march on the street because people get arrested for that. Right. But so they march up to the Crystal and they get to that where, where that gay bar used to be, just on the corner. And, and then just when they got there, around the corner comes Lions of Batucada. They meet right there. Is it a rumble? No, it was. It was. It was. Everybody was smiling, <laughs> and and they march around block and up into the crystal and played. And it was just this great moment. Wow. You know? And of course, Derek was was there. Yes. Yeah. Wow, Derek. So we should say Derek is our our beloved bandmate who died by suicide yes. in 2014. Yeah, Derek Reith. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I, this song "Rise" um, came from little notes I wrote to him and mm-hmm. sent, I was texting him just little images when he was in very deep depression yeah. to try to get him to release from it, yeah. you know? And, yeah. um, and when he died, I, I was looking through my phone for every picture I ever had of him and every yeah. text we ever exchanged. And yeah. there it was, you know, this, this list of imagery and it was like a song. So yeah. I made it into the yeah. song rise. Yeah, it's hard not it's hard to, not to get emotional when you just whenever you anybody ever brings up brings up his name. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those it's things a beautiful where. Song. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it is one of those we'll things. We'll put where that you, up. Okay, we'll put that up so people can see. Um, it. where it just it doesn't make sense to people because he was so full of life. Yeah, so charismatic. Right. So full of love. Mm-hmm. You know and. Mm-hmm. And yet depression makes, there's no rationality, no. you know? So no. that's the part, that's just like the part that you can't make sense of. Yeah, yeah. I was, I remember, I, did, did you, did you um, march with uh, the Lions when that, 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 that weekend down at, at the, when they all marched around downtown and went down to the, mm. to the river and all that? His and, memorial yeah, march? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was there too. I was there with my son and my yeah. ex-husband. Yeah. yeah, amazing. That was really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We all wore white. Yeah, so I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember. And there, the Lions are in that video, right? They're in my video. Yeah, yeah for Rise. I mean. yeah. 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 I wanted them to be part of it. Good. Yeah. yeah good. Well, we love them. <laughs> yes. They were a big, great presence. Yeah. So, how many more times can you sing Brazil? Like, <laughs> only as many times as the audience claps to have us come back for an encore. You know what? It's very tr- I understand that. Kind of, I inter- interviewed Les McCann one time. Yeah. And I said, uh, how many times, uh, how many more times can you, can you sing uh, uh, compared to what? He says... If they keep asking me to sing it, I'll sing it three times in a set. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I think people think, oh, you must be so sick of those songs, but it's like they're your best friends. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't you would never begrudge them. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do I say on stage in Pink Martini a lot, it's like 
thanks for having us back because this song is how we end all of our concerts except uh-huh. for the times when people don't clap for an encore and they leave, <laughs> which happened five times in 30 years. <laughs> now it's happened six. Uh-oh. Well, there was a show. Some of our shows are so long that I think people think it's been the encore already. It's like it feels like it ended multiple times. Yeah. So they just left. Yeah. 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 In Chicago recently. No. <laughs> yeah. No. How it dare they? It was amazing, they? though. It was a great show, and everyone loved it. it, yeah. it I think it was seriously just confusion. <laughs> Mass confusion. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, the, 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 the first album gig. I, I believe, I if I have this straight, you weren't... Living in Portland then, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, I remember that because I had Thomas and and and, and Pepe uh, on the radio. Oh, yeah. And it kind of just like there were, it was just a tornado that came into the, to the radio station. Oh the two of them armed with with CDs and posters <laughs> and just going back and forth and back and forth. It was amazing. It was great. Yeah. And I had not really, I had only seen the band once, and I don't believe I saw you in it. Uh, and then, uh, but you were in, you were in the in the the, the, the album release gig, right? Oh yeah, I yeah. wrote I wrote the songs "Je ne veux pas travailler" with Thomas. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. was on the I'm on the first album. Yeah, yeah. of course you were. I just didn't live here. I yeah. lived in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. So <laughs> that was fun. I can't I, remember that album release though. Where was it? Crystal Ballroom. Good question. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was the Schnitz. Really? I think so. I've got the poster in my. I have okay. the poster up in, in my kitchen. <laughs> Hopefully, it says. It was a I always wish poster. posters don't. Posters often don't say where something is or right. the date. You yeah, know, and it's I like know. you never know when it was. I hate that. <laughs> One of our best jazz drummers, Alan Jones, and of course an educator also, uh, once released a CD without any information at all. Really. Not the, not well, the nowadays t- that would be fine because no one looks at the information anyway. Well, I know that, but not in those days. Right. That, that would be dramatic. <laughs> no tunes. No, <laughs> oh, really? No times. No personnel. Wow. A nice little graphic, but you know. <laughs> wow. Was it a big success? No. <laughs> it was a great album. It was a great album. Oh, okay. Because Jones is a, is a monster. He's, yeah. he's a genius. And then this turned out to be an, an, an amazing educator because he's got the Alan Jones Academy of Music. Many young players have come out of that, and but not it wasn't so good. <laughs> People were like, uh... "What's this?" <laughs> I remember I don't know. I was doing a jazz show on KMHD at the time, and I'm going like, "Well, I'd like to tell you more about this, <laughs> but, but I have to make it up." <laughs> yeah. Wow, I so, won't be doing that on my album. Don't worry. That's good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, the name of your album again full is Full Circle. Oh, it's Full Circle, that's right. Because, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which is, why is that? Um, full Circle, first of all, it's it's a cliche. It's so universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, it, for obviously, cliches are cliches for a reason. Like, it, it, everybody yeah, is constantly true. saying, oh, I came Full Circle. That was a Full Circle moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like... I, I just I didn't think of that when I wrote the song, uh-huh. um, but since it came out, I hear of course I hear it even more everywhere, and I thought of trying to th- do a different title, but it's really you know it's a it's a very personal album about uh-huh. my journey from uh-huh. there to here and 
coming round to where I began or, you know, it's just like at that feeling. The album is a, a circle going around the vinyl. You know, it's it just feels like every all of the the imagery is circular. Uh-huh. Um, what, what what are you talking about? I mean, what coming from where to where? Where from where to where? From like my my development as an artist, uh-huh. from like starting when I was eight to imitate Donna Summer, and then like <laughs> coming through my life and being the singer of Pink Martini, and one yeah. night. Timothy Nishimoto takes a picture of me on stage and I it's the exact pose of Donna Summer live and more the album cover that inspired me to become a singer and the eyeshadow is green and I'm like I, I didn't plan this like it was so weird wow. I and mean, it's like the same expression wow. um, that those moments where you feel like oh my god I'm back to an eight-year-old and yet I'm 48 you know it's like all of these moments happen all the time coming yeah. through Coming through, I par- partially I wrote the song before a breakup and finished it after the breakup, oh boy. and so it was sort of started out optimistic, uh-huh. but then it has like a darker turn, yeah. and that feeling of like I finally found what I'm looking for until we broke up, and now I'm back where I started again. Like I thought I would never be lonely again, but here uh-huh. I am. There's lonely days that come round again. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. everything is is circular. What was your favorite Donna Summer song? Well, Dim All the Lights uh-huh. is one that I uh-huh. first think of. And yeah. I always sing it in karaoke. And I'm singing it at my concert <laughs> with, a, with a chamber music background. That's great. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's such a fun song because she holds the note for like 16 bars or something. You know, it's, it's just really dramatic. Yeah, that's funny that you should, you should mention that because... I just wrote a little, a, a short little piece. It's, there's some, some noise going on. Rain okay. fairies. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so suddenly yeah. raining. No, I just wrote. The, I wrote a little piece, just a couple of weeks ago about. First, you start. Um, by, trying to recreate what you love. The next, the, the next step is you. You, you, you accomplish that, and then you want to embellish and expand on it. Then, you know, you, you, you look for the next, the next big thing. I'm talking about as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a journalist, right? Uh-huh. And you look for the next big thing. And then you look for the next big thing. And then you go, this is bullshit. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not going to look for the next big thing anymore. You know, because uh, it's. I, I. Everything is. Come comes back around. Mm-hmm. And repeats itself. Mm-hmm. So I already know this, right? Right. It doesn't mean that. Uh, you know, I don't keep my ears open. But, you know, at, at some point, I stopped. I didn't stop development. I didn't stop hearing things, but. I just thought that the next big thing is bullshit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Just complete and utter bullshit. (laughs) You know, I was like that when I was a critic. I never think of myself as a critic, ever. Mm -hmm. But I did, because the first TV gig I had was uh, on a TV show in in Maryland, Maryland Public TV, called The Critic's Place. Ooh, it gives me... (laughs) 
where <laughs> critics just talk about stuff that they want to criticize. There was a, I was the jazz and pop critic. There was a mm-hmm. classical critic. There was a theater critic. There was a movie critic. And all we in did, one show? All in one show. That yeah. sounds fun. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they hired people because of stereotypes. I had hair down, I had hair down to my ass back then. Wow. So they thought all hippies know about music. Right. Which is not true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, a- after, after about the, the second time they sent me out to, to review an, an all, um, a, a, a band at the Holiday Inn with all wearing purple velour suits and matching velour suits and singing Brandy, You're a Fine Girl, uh, I thought, this is bullshit. And I just, you know, then I thought my role is, if you like this, well, you'll like this. So you oh, go okay. That, do that. You're a connector. I'm a connector. Because, mm-hmm. first of all, critics are, 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 that's just not their bullshit, the bullshit gig. You know, I mean, because I, I won't let people who, who write um, reviews use the pronoun I in Oregon Music News. Mm-hmm. I'm done with that. Because who, who the fuck are you? Right. <laughs> you know I mean criti- criticism is definitely it, it's really helpful unless it's mean right. I mean I like I like constructive criticism well I mean if you're Oscar Wilde okay <laughs> <laughs> fine please right hit hit on me Oscar please <laughs> say something really mean I love it because it's Oscar Wilde or somebody like that but there are very few Oscar Wildes right it was a Gorfie doll there was another one like that, but uh, there's a book of bad reviews, and a lot of them are very, very old. They're classical reviews, like really, really panning like great composers. Mm. This is very funny. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. So, um, how how often are you on the road now with with the band? It feels how, yeah. constant. Uh-huh. Um, we've we started back up in 2021 touring. And making up for lost time. And then last year, a year ago, um, I got COVID along with four others uh. at the end of a European tour. And then we were immediately going on another tour that we had to cancel. And then we had to make up those dates this yeah. year. So uh. it's just been like a, a, a nightmare of, uh-huh. of routing. Like, you oh, know, we've been yeah. to Florida three separate times oh, this geez. year already. Wow. In addition to all the other places we went, yeah. so um, it's a lot. I yeah. feel that I wish it weren't this much, huh. because huh. I'm a homebody. So I, I have yeah. this constant struggle between my nature, which is to stay home, yeah. but then there's part of me that likes adventure, and uh-huh. I like to exp- I like to travel. But uh-huh. I think the balance it's really a hard balance to find. Yeah, so, especially with a band like Pink Martini. Yeah, I mean, is there another band like that on Earth? I don't think so. I don't either. Yeah, but my son is fourteen, so I, I don't wow. want to miss his entire childhood. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, he's got a really great dad, and uh-huh. he's with him when I'm gone. But he's really growing up. He's taller than me. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he's wow. very sweet. He's in a good phase. Is he a musician? Not really, although I feel like he deep down is. He's got a nice singing voice, and he did take piano lessons, and he can, he can sit down and 
like play chords and stuff like I do. Uh-huh. But um, but he's not he's not pursuing music in any way right now. Huh. Uh, you think he might? I think he might be a producer. Uh-huh. He loves uh-huh. um, he loves listening to music and he has a lot of opinions about it, huh. especially about my music. Really? He's a critic. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's always like, Mom, you're not pop. And he's like, that's not cool. <laughs> Jeez. I know. Well, he's 14? Yeah. You know any 14-year-olds that thinks their parents are, are, are cool? <laughs> no. That's part, of the, that's, that's part of the deal. I know. <laughs> it's sad. I just wish that he secretly would. But maybe he actually does, and he can't admit it. Well, of course. I'm hoping. Well, it's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Parents don't know anything to a 14-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But both your parents were poets, right? No. No? I thought... thought, My dad... My dad... Your dad was a poet. Could have been a poet, but he wasn't. No. No, 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 no. My mom, my parents met in the theater. My mom was a producer. Ah. And my dad was a lighting designer. And then, um, then that, they left that company, a theater company of Boston. It was Uh with Al Pacino, Stocker Channing, like all the, Paul Guilfoyle, John Cazale from The Godfather. Like all of these people were in this company. So I grew up with them like backstage uh-huh. when I was, you know, wow. zero to five. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was really cool. And I think that probably definitely affected me just being in the wings of theaters uh-huh. my whole life. Um, well, I'm glad that they weren't poets because that would be that would be awful. If they were poets? Both of them, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Dueling poets writing about us? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been bad. Right. <laughs> 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 no, my dad, you know, my dad, my dad had bipolar disorder in a crippling to a crippling degree. Oh. So he, um, he never really was able to have a career. I you see. know, he, yeah. he did lighting design and then he did like different odd jobs. He was a superintendent of a building. He worked at a hardware store. Hmm. He picked us up after school and took us to our lacrosse practice. You know, like he, mm-hmm. he was there for everything, but he, he didn't really have a career. You play lacrosse? And field hockey. How about that? Mm-hmm. Are you still athletic? I always tell the band, I'm very athletic, <laughs> believe it or not. I know you don't think so. I'm highly coordinated. So um, <laughs> in, my, in my mind, I am athletic. <laughs> well, that's what counts. I have really good hand-eye coordination. Okay. <laughs> well. But, Yeah. I don't love sprinting and like running long distance, uh-huh. Uh-huh. conditioning, all that stuff. Huh. Sort of like I'm, I, when I painted, it's, I painted in big, broad, fast strokes. It wasn't uh-huh. like the, the conditioning or the, lo- the marathon approach to anything. I've never been good at that. I like immediate dopamine, I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think. Nothing wrong with that. That's <laughs> just how I roll. Mm-hmm. So what are you listening to lately? Oh, well. Is, do you listen to anything that's not connected with work right now? Not right now, because I'm yeah. so immersed in my concert. I'm listening yeah. to the playlist of the songs for the concert. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I'm not going to get a lot of rehearsal time, so I have to really? be ready to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
and some of these songs I've never even performed before that I chose to wow. do. So, um, and I'm I'm orchestrating round the clock. I mean, I was just on yeah. tour, and everyone in the band after the show goes out for drinks, and I go yeah. to my room to orchestrate till 3 a.m. I stay up later than they do, but they're partying and I'm orchestrating. <laughs> Isn't that sad? But it was so much fun. No, it's not sad. <laughs> it's a little sad. It's not really sad. <laughs> In the long run, it won't be sad. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you'll remember those nights? Yes, I will. Yeah. Oh, we were just in Fargo. <laughs> and it was so much nicer than I expected it to be. And so cute. And the town was adorable. And the hotel was amazing. Yeah. It, you should stay at the Jasper Hotel in Fargo. The Jasper. What else could it be named? I don't know. <laughs> hey, Jasper. <laughs> How you doing, Jasper? <laughs> but it wasn't like that. Oh. It was not like in that voice that voice does not go with the hotel okay <laughs> it was Goes more with like the name it was more like hey i'm jasper oh no it's a hipster hotel <laughs> that's funny a hipster hotel in fargo yes Jeez. so it was shocking who would have thought i know <laughs> but i orchestrated the shite out of that place did you up till three looking out at the view mm. wraparound windows what was the view the flat town oh Okay. And you know, right. the, the Fargo Theater sign from my window looking really cool. Wow. That's where we played, across the street. And where was the wood chipper? It was luckily <laughs> far away. We probably passed it on the way in. I took some pictures from the road that looked scary. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I hesitate to ask you about this, but I know everybody has, because I know everybody asks you about this. What? How does it work with you and Storm? Oh, um, but I think people are interested in that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I bet everybody else asks you the same question, but I've never asked you that question. No, I haven't. I don't think I've talked to you about that. Um, it works. It works great. Like she, you know, filled in for me when I had to have surgery on my vocal cords, and then I remember that was at a time when. I had a two-year-old and I was really frustrated that I was away so much. Mm -hmm. And so I was always, you know, trying to figure out how much can I continue doing this? So yeah. I was at that crossroads when mm -hmm. I, my voice got a polyp and I had to have that surgery. And so Thomas knew that and Storm filled in and it worked really well. And so he kept her involved. Yeah. And so there could be like a more balance mm -hmm. for me and she wanted to do it. And, um, and that went on for a while, many years. It's been like, it was 2011 when that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, but now since COVID started, yeah. I've done every concert except for Omaha on mother's day because wow. I didn't want to go yeah. away from Cameron that year. So, She's joined us for some of the stuff, the concerts, but mm -hmm. it's more back to the way it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're friends. Yeah. 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 And she's great. Sometimes I've seen, I've, I, I don't think I've ever seen you perform together, but I know I've seen pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of you, of you two with, with the band. Yeah. We've performed together a lot. Yeah. How do you choose the tunes? Um, well, it's, you know, it's, 
it's the repertoire of Pink Martini that Thomas had to kind of divvy up, you yeah, know? Yeah. So when I was gone, Storm started, started singing some of the, the songs that I had already recorded. And since she liked those songs, she still sings those when she comes back with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll sing some together. Mm-hmm. And there recently, I guess, was it last time we were at Edgefield, um, we got to do this song that we always wanted to do together. In fact, I had, had suggested doing it with her for her show, she, her holiday show. I was guest, going to be a guest singer at mm-hmm. the show, and we were going to do this song, but then there was Arctic Blast 2008, I believe it was that year, yeah. and I couldn't go to the show, oh. so we never sang it. So we finally got to do it, and we're both from Boston, and uh-huh. so it's extreme more than words. Ah. Extreme, the Boston band. Uh-huh. Do you know that song? No. Oh, you should listen to it. Sorry. It's a really pretty song because they're like a heavy metal band. Well, I know band. some songs that you don't know. You, do, you probably know like one song I don't know. I know a lot of songs. Miguel Bernal actually said that to me just a few days ago. He's like, you know a lot of songs. And I was like, you know a lot of songs too. And he's like, folklore. And I was like, I know other songs. Um, so yeah, More Than Words is beautiful. It's like a beautiful, uh-huh. like, folky song. Uh-huh. Acoustic. Yeah. Guitar. For a so metal do you band. play anything other than piano? I play guitar. Do you? And then I play ukulele enough. Everybody I play, plays ukulele. I play everything. I play bass. Yeah? I play everything in my studio if I feel like it. Yeah. But I'm not really a player of any of those instruments. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. Yeah. I just sure. play what I want to like what I want to hear. Uh-huh. What I can, the sounds that I can make. Uh-huh. In fact, my mother is bringing to my concert the violin her father had that she just had reconstructed or restrung and fixed up. Wow. And I was thinking, like, I could play that in my, I mean, when I'm recording just to make certain cool sounds with it. Yeah. I won't be like Nicholas Crosa, <laughs> but just give me some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, um, uh, what, what other tunes are in, are, are in the, uh, uh, are in the concert? So in the concert, is there, is this, is there, are there any tunes that we might recognize? Well, do you know the song Johnny One Note? Yeah. Okay. So this song Johnny One Note was a song my music teacher in sixth or seventh grade <laughs> taught us yeah. and we all sang it you know, in a sixth grade voice and it sounded so <laughs> dumb. And I thought like, this is the dumbest song ever. Yeah. And then years later, um, Frank Pearl, who in Washington DC invited us to dinner after our symphony concert. And he was this amazing man. And he told me about Anita O'Day and her, oh, yeah. and her version of it. Mm-hmm. And that sort of blew my mind and made me realize, oh my God, this song is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And so I've always wanted to do it. And it has this great orchestration, sort of big band sound. It's very punchy and explosive. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so I'm going to do that. Nice. And that's for the first time. Uh-huh. And of course, Donna Summer, Dim All the Lights. Uh-huh. And then um, I'm doing, oh, I'm doing the original version of In the Gardens of Samson and Beasley, which is... Uh-huh how it was before Thomas arranged it the way we recorded it. Uh, uh, um, uh. And that's got sort of a pastoral 
Aaron Copeland kind of orchestration with uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. And my song that I played for you in my front foyer, uh-huh. the last time you interviewed me, 18 years which ago, which is called The Road. <laughs> yeah. And um, it still has never been released, but it's coming out on my album finally. Great. And that is also going like has a big orchestration to go uh-huh. with it. Uh-huh. And um, the Nina Simone song, I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And sympathique, but in a different way. Really? And diamonds are forever. Am I uh-huh. giving this all away? Yeah, it's great. Um, no, you're selling tickets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the Lachme, I told you about the Arias, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aspectomy, which is a song Thomas and I wrote that's on our second album mm-hmm. in a just a duet with Dan Fanley and me mm-hmm. with guitar and vocal. But this is the big James Bond version that we don't uh-huh. do very often. So uh-huh. I'm doing that. And when you're when you're playing with Dan, can you hear hear the noises he makes? <laughs> oh, you mean his vocal face? His no, no, no. Only in the studio. He sings and talks while he's playing. I know. I know. He, it's like he sings the melody ahead of his fingers. I did a story, a TV story on him one time. And, I, I, and one of the things that we did was shot him practicing. And I'm going like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's that? Zuba, 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 He's a genius. A lot of people do that. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know who used to do that amazingly it was Murray Sidlin. Remember Murray? Mm-mm. He was the, the, the associate conductor of the, of the Oregon Symphony. Before my time. Uh, it was around your time. Really? Yeah. He, he did that amazing series of, uh, of, uh, of concerts that were... Um, they were avant- they were very avant garde, but but they were they were wonderful. He, uh, anyway, oh well. And he talked to himself. <laughs> he made funny noises when, when he, he was conducted. Yes, oh. I think yes. people go into a trance. Yeah, and that's why they're so good. Mm-hmm. I don't go into a trance. Where do you, do you where do you go? Do you go anywhere? Um, well, I I as I always say, I create an atmosphere, which one of my therapists told me to do when I was early on sick of singing the same songs over and over again Uh um and i i just do that i sort of make it sultry and Uh like romantic for myself Uh and i always tell people that when i sing in different languages my trick is to learn the the language phonetically and then pretend i'm tipsy and just sort of slur the words (laughs) a little bit so that i don't sound like a dorky you know english speaker yeah (laughs) that's funny (laughs) So that's my trance, I guess. Yeah. Well, it would be it would be difficult for you to make noises while you're singing. <laughs> right. Like another voice talking. Right. Yes. <laughs> that would be really talented, that be, actually. That was, that was back to the back to the therapist at, right. at that point. <laughs> never leave the therapist. That's There's right. no going back because no. you never left. No, no. <laughs> I had a roommate one time who was who was the, the son of two therapists. Two poets and two therapists. No, luckily they weren't. Po- they weren't poets. Wow. You know, it's difficult. It's, that sounds like a ping pong it's match. Re- yeah, really. it's really difficult being a, being a, 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 a in a relationship of any sort with a poet. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I, I did date a poet actually yeah. in college, who's now like, I mean, he's yeah. an amazingly famous poet, yeah. and he runs the museum of. African history at the right. Smithsonian. I mean, Kevin Young, 
Poets always I dated know, him in college. Poets always know too much about you. <laughs> I don't think we dated long enough for him to write anything about me. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> yeah, really. I would have liked that, actually. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, but... Uh, I, remember, I remember I had a, a poet girlfriend one time, and she wrote, she wrote this wonderful poem about me. And it was really, it was, it was hot, it was this, it was that. It was all great. It makes you just like, oh, my God. And the first time I heard it was in a, at a reading. Ooh. And so she goes through this whole thing, and it's like, oh, boy, I'm a little puffed up. I'm really great. You know? And then at the end, she goes, the last line was, but half the time your ass is missing. Oh my God. <laughs> That's harsh. It was harsh. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> and it was it was a great lesson. Yeah. But it was not Was that like like you mean missing like you weren't around? Or you didn't have an ass? No. Uh it was it was like, like you know where are you? Where are you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And not physically. So she was basically writing the song that preceded our songs and then you're gone and but now I'm back that yes. Ari Shapiro sings yes. with us. Yes. She's like and then you're gone. And then he's like but now I'm back. I was just having a snack. So you lived that. I have lived that. Yes. You cad. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, well, listen, this has been great. Thanks. I really, you know, the, uh, these, um, these podcasts are just it's like, it's like radio. Yeah. It really is. I like it. Yeah, except you can say fuck. Oh, but I would never. Never. Of course not. Of course not. I did not. say shite, though. You did. But we, shite. But, but we knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... Appreciate this and Thank best you. of luck in everything. You Thank know, you so much. It's great to see you and and it looks like you're happy and I hope I hope I'm hope I'm reading that right. <laughs> yeah, I am happy. Yeah, I'm just like also super overloaded. Well, good. Better than the opposite. It's fun. No, it beats. Oh, it's better than the opposite. Believe me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah, just like keep on trucking. Yeah. Yeah, really. Well, I'm going to close like we always do okay. by saying, that's entertainment. Oh. Ba -dum -ba -dum. <laughs>